Hi guys and welcome to another series of All Things Wonderful with me, Dea. And today we're going to dive in in a completely separate segment of my podcast. And this will be focused on interiors. So in this episode, we will be talking about storage, um, types of storage and storage by area. And without further ado, let's dive in. So homes, house, things, as much as the people that live in them, how and where we keep our belongings has a huge impact on the way our homes both look and function. All too often, however, storage is tackled as an afterthought in a piecemeal fashion when it should be part and kind of like parcel of the way we plan and conceive our homes as a whole. As time goes by and possessions accumulate, and they do, <laughs> it becomes easier and easier to slip out of sync until what we own starts to get the upper hand, basically. Um, and I mean, we have all done that at some point in our lives. I mean, I still do it, and it's hard, and I know. So, um, getting organized in is necessarily a two-pronged <laughs> attack. On the one hand, it means planning efficient, accessible and workable systems for keeping a diverse range of belongings that the average home contains. On the other hand, it means taking a long, hard, critical look at what you own and disposing of what is surplus to requirements, so anything you don't need basically, and being ruthless. Our lives do not stand still and it's important to accept that this part of the process is fairly ongoing. Um, A place for everything and everything in its place has a rather joyless, worthy ring to it, don't you think? But the simple truth is that without a good system of organization, our homes become much less pleasant places to be. If you're constantly turning the house upside down looking for things, if you cannot carry out basic chores and routines without frustration, or if you regularly misplace important pieces of paperwork, you are adding an unnecessary degree of of kind of fixation into your everyday life. Um, It's definitely hard, and I do feel you guys. Clutter can also mean additional expense as well. Possessions and provisions that are not kept in proper conditions deteriorate and will require replacement sooner rather than later. Overstuffed drawers and clothes rails invite moths and decimate your wardrobe. Refrigerators in dire need of defrosting do not keep fresh food at the optimum temperature. Items that disappear for good mean that you are forced to buy duplicates so basically when every nook and cranny is full to bursting you also find it harder to keep your home clean then there is the psychological impact to consider as well when clutter is obscuring the picture you lose focus and concentration and everything seems to become an uphill struggle Adopting good storage system is not about imposing an alien discipline on your lifestyle, but about making the most of the space at your disposal. 
and these days space is much more valuable than almost anything we keep in it and i know all londoners will agree with me on that one hanging on to a lot of redundant clutter is a direct waste of money as well what is worth more and i'm definitely asking you that the space itself or the kitchen gadget you never use people sometimes feel that they need a bigger kitchen or a bigger home when what they really need to do is to get rid of all those things that they keep and keep adding for no good reason really <laughs> like ask yourself am i using this do i need it <laughs> or am i just buying it because i might use it one time how you organize your belongings should support and reflect the way you look and the way you like to work whether you're cooking a family meal or doing the laundry if you like to stir fry for example it makes sense to keep a walk with the rest of your pots and pans if you do not use it very often it belongs somewhere else at the same time a sense of order allows you the freedom to display these belongings that give you most satisfaction and derive real pleasure from your surroundings in the dim and distant past most people owned so few possessions that a simple chest was generally sufficient for household storage by the 18th century specific types of storage furniture such as sewing tables secretaries and bookcases began to appear to cater for increasing numbers and types of belongings today there is a vast range of storage solutions from which to choose from traditional freestanding furniture to modular systems to fitted and built-in units everything to suit old tastes and most importantly budgets so i will now dive in further into this episode um into a section where we will be talking about your needs and basically assessing your needs of storage which is i think something we all <laughs> need to do and one moment of time in our lives or maybe two or three times some people do spring cleans and things like that so when it comes to planning storage the essential first step however is to review both your possessions and the amount of space at your disposal so changes of lifestyle or circumstances are natural points for rethinking storage arrangements on a broad scale on the other hand there are certain areas such as routine household paperwork and accounts where the process of review needs to be undertaken on a regular basis really so ask yourselves where are you feeling the pinch most people have particular places where clutter tends to build up if you buy a lot of books and magazines there will come a time when you will not have shelf space for all of them do you often lose things or waste time hunting for them? Good organization means thinking about accessibility so that what you need can be located easily. Do you regularly have to dispose of food stuff or other perishables before they are used up? 
planning storage means thinking about your patterns of food consumption so that you do not overbuy. Are there areas in your home where possessions tend to accumulate? Stairs, whole tables, and kitchen counters often serve as a kind of limbo for items that have no real home <laughs> or which are being stored too remotely from where they are most often used. I hope you agree with me. <laughs> But let's talk, let's talk about life stages. We accumulate belongings at a different rates according to our needs and circumstances. Natural times for thorough storage reviews include major transition points. So setting up home with a partner, starting a family, moving house or children leaving home. Any home improvement project that entails some disruptions such as redecoration or building work can also provide an ideal opportunity for a clear out. Striping, stripping a room of furnishings and possessions to allow painting to take place makes you view the space with fresh eyes. Like kind of starting from starting with a clean slate or with black blank canvas. Most of our homes tend to be on the small side. This is a stage where you might wish to think about hiring outside storage space while you while um or yeah until you can kind of afford some somewhere larger. It's also a time when there can be a certain amount of duplication, especially if you are moving in with a partner. A good system of, of organizations are vital for the family home. Children grow fast and acquire possessions at the speed of light, so regular clear-outs are and flexible, accessible storage is a key for smooth running household routines. The emptiness can be surprisingly cluttered if you do not manage to persuade grown-up children to take their belongings with them. Now is a good time for a radical overhaul of possessions and spatial rearrangements. Those are three life stages where you can clearly see how you can rethink and kind of plan what you need to get rid of. Um, but also, most people do this seasonally. It doesn't have to be kind of a life stage, it could be seasonal. So every spring you can do a, what is called a spring clear out. Um, and I do this every spring in the beginning or sometimes I would do it when I look around and I see that I have too many things that I do not use. And I can, me personally, I like to live minimally, so I do tend to kind of identify identify these um, very easily and make a quick review but for those of you that are struggling let's dive into reviewing your possessions clutter is a subjective notion so some people naturally tend tend towards the less is more like me end of the spectrum others are <laughs> inventory others are just hoarders and that's that Most of us, however, are somewhere in the middle, conscious that there are certain areas of our home organization that could do with improvement. 
Getting to grips with your possessions means asking yourself a series of basic questions. Is it worth keeping? Is it worth repairing? And where is best to put it? <laughs> I know it's funny. Um, our relationship with our belongings can be surprisingly emotional as well. While most people have no sentimental attachment to basic kit, such as tin openers or toothbrushes, it is often hard to part with more personal things, even they're worn out, underused or redundant in some other way. Guilt also plays a part, particularly if the item in question was expensive. Here, it is important to remember that hanging on to a bad buy will not redeem the purchase. Dejunking not only frees up space, it has other positive advantages as well. A clutter-free home is easier to clean and maintain. It allows your room to display and take pleasure in your favorite possessions and it generally promotes a relaxed frame of mind. And it is kind of easier definitely to maintain, I would say, like cleaning wise. Um, but I know that getting rid of things is really hard. So here are a few tips that I have found to be very useful through the years and I hope you will too. So first, work systematically through a category of possessions such as your wardrobe or your filling, filing cabinet and set aside enough time to complete the job. Second, get rid of anything you have not worn or used for a year except those items such as like Christmas decorations or catering-sized dishes that only see seasonal use, of course. Third, most duplicate items, including CDs, books, and kitchen or garden tools, should be disposed of. Keep the newest or the one that works the best. Fifth, remove from your wardrobe any item of clothing that does not fit or does not suit you. And this is hard for most women because we generally think, oh, oh my gosh, I might use this in some day in the future. I haven't used it, but I might. <laughs> and what I have found like very like true is that if you have not used it in the past year or even two, most likely and most chances are you are not going to use it in the next year or two so get rid of end of end of point <laughs> so six consider disposing of anything that has been sitting around for months waiting for repair the chances are that you do not need it seven without equipment materials or supplies that relate to activities that you no longer pursue or never got around to taking up 8. Impulse buys and bargains that you later regretted, unwanted, unwanted gifts, unread books are all guilt-inducing and do not deserve a house room. So, this is a hard one. Some people, like, have traditions that you cannot get rid of a gift, but if you're not going to use that gift, you can donate it and then it's no longer a guilt 
that you are getting rid of it you can donate it to charity shops you can yeah do something kind with it the same with the unread books if you're just keeping them for the sake of your bookshelf looking good you need to re-evaluate your kind of collection logic because if you're struggling for space you need to terminate that thinking you cannot afford to have like collect collective items like that because they do take a lot of space the next one cast a critical eye over perishable items and get rid of those past their sell by date even even tin food and dried herbs cannot be kept indefinitely and i stress this a lot because you should just be super super mindful with stuff like that food especially health related cosmetics medicines paints chemicals and insecticides often linger on well past their shelf life so many of these items require specialist disposal um and you can you can definitely kind of make a list and see what's expired or not and it this is fairly easy just looking at the date and things so we are going through following the next step which is recycling and disposal how to get rid of these items so as i mentioned earlier if they're attached to guilt you can simply donate so donations to charity donate only what is clean though and in good condition otherwise you're just passing on the problem to somebody else do not leave donations outside the shop between opening hours think about local hospitals schools libraries and clinics as well as charity shops they often welcome second-hand toys books magazines and cities some local areas will collect bulkier items that are less easy to dispose of as well the other option is recycling take the time to sort your rubbish for either doorstep collection or removal to recycling bank or center some local schemes will collect and repair furniture and electrical appliances offering them for sale to low-income households Internet swap shops or free cycle sites allow you to exchange things you do not want or things that you do. Another option here is selling. So if you do want to generate a little bit of out, like income and you do have some spare time on your hand, I say if you do have some spare time because this will be time consuming. So if you do not know the value of a particular item, you may need expert opinion before offering it for sale. Outlets range from carport and garage sales to auction houses, second-hand outlets and eBay. Auctions are the best way to dispose of items that are difficult to price or those that have greater intrinsic value. I would say that now we have also sites like Depop, Vinted for clothes and things like that. Or you can do an auction on eBay if you prefer. And the last, you can just throw them away. But mind those two things when you, if you do so, consult your local council 
about the right way to dispose of chemicals, batteries and the like. Shred all documents that include details of your identity and banking arrangements, etc. Um, definitely. So whatever, so whatever you choose, um, any of these options, it will be just a little bit easier as well. Um, I feel like there are also levels of storage when we talk about storage and in particular like clutter is not simply having too much stuff it's having stuff in the wrong place places once you have got rid of everything that is surplus to requirements think about where you are currently keeping things accessibility and frequency of use are the two key factors to consider here so anything that you use on a daily basis should be stored close at hand in the area where it will be used and in many cases that means out on view hanging from racks and rails or stored on open shelves within reaching distance and these are few possessions by categories to keep close at hand that might help you as well identify yours essential cooking ingredients and utensils the kitchen is one area where you need to be able to reach for things instinctively at a moment's notice where whatever you keep on hand should reflect what you like to eat and how you cook pending paperwork including bills and other household accounts keep these separate from other correspondence family calendars school notices and homework fall into the same category we're moving on to the next one which is personal care products such as toothpaste toothbrushes soaps and shampoos and then last but not least items required rarely but acutely such as first air boxes spare fuses and light bulbs never lock a first aid box keep it out of the reach of children but in an accessible place um, and then there's the nearby storage so most households provisions and belongings are used regularly but intermittently so these need to be stored near where they will be required but out of the main areas of activity. For example, keep a close eye on how often such items are used. If they rarely see an outing, think about getting rid of them completely or storing them in a less accessible place, like the loft, for example. Or if you have like a garage out of sight. Think about how you actually use particular areas in your home as well. If you listen to music in the kitchen, for example, it makes sense to provide a place for storing CDs and so on, so on. So possessions to keep nearby. I would give you six categories to kind of help if you are struggling. And while I'm doing that, I'm just going to close my window. <laughs> I started a lot of noise on the outside. So possessions to keep nearby. First, cooking ingredients, continents and provisions that you use weekly or monthly rather than daily, including foodstuffs, 
you buy or bulk. Review these periodically to check they're not past their use-by dates. Second, cooking equipment, dishes and utensils with more specialized functions. Think about the way you cook. If you cook a lot of stir fries, it makes sense to keep a wok close at hand, but if not, store it away from the main cooking and preparation area. Then spare linen and bedding, books, files and documents to which you regularly refer as opposed to those that relate to your career history. Best or second sets of china, glassware and tableware, clothing and outdoor wear that are appropriate to the season. So, for example, what I do with the last category, clothing and outdoor wear. I don't have a lot of space right now, so I would just, seasonally speaking, I would pack my summer clothes and vacuum bag them and under, the, under my ottoman bed in the winter and vice versa in the summer. So depending on where you live, some items might be transitional. So if you live in a place where there are two distinctive mu some seasons, you, you can just leave a few kind of items that might relate to winter clothes but you might need in the summer if it's a little bit cold in some nights i just use your common sense here this is what i would say um so moving to considering the levels of storage so let's talk about deep storage the best places for deep storage are attics, basements, garages and any out-of-the-way locations, including rented storage facilities. But make sure that conditions are adequate and that there is no risk of damage from moths, mines or damp. So store your possessions in sturdy, rigid, lidded containers label what you put away and keep a list so that you know what you have stored and where it is there is nothing worse <laughs> this has happened to mm, my family and a lot of my friends of wondering oh my gosh what is in that box i have no idea what i have put in there how much easier would it be if on the box it says what's inside bullets anything commas you can use whatever and so much easier immediately you know what's inside what you have put inside in that moment because I guarantee you you're not gonna remember two years down the line what the fuck you have booked in that box so yeah great tip so also any clothing that you packed away for long periods should be clean folded between layers of acid-free tissue and zipped into garment bags. They should be kept at a stable level of humidity away from direct sunlight. You know why. Never consign something to deep storage to avoid making a decision about whether you should keep it or not. By the same token, renting outside storage space can be expensive. Consider then whether the items you are storing are worth the rental fees or you can just get rid of them if you're not going to use them that's that 
possessions to keep in a deep storage. Um, again, six out-of-season items of clothing and sports kits such as skiing equipment or wetsuits, Christmas decoration, any large pans or serving dishes that are used very infrequently, records such as tax returns that must be kept for legal reasons along with sentimental items such as children's artwork that form part of your personal family archive but you don't necessarily use every day and you do not. Hand-me-down children's clothing and toys. Suitcases, bags and rucksacks unless you travel very very frequently. So yeah, I think we all agree that you can store this in your loft or anywhere that's you're not gonna use it very very frequently and then we move into the ergonomics of storage and what i mean by that ergonomics is the study of the relationship between workers and their environment successful ergonomic design should reduce discomfort and prevent repetitive strain injury so in storage terms, ergonomics, ergonomics suggests optimum height and depth for shelving, worktops and cupboards. Such considerations are most critical in hardworking areas such as kitchens, where a larger of activities must be performed comfortably, safely and efficiently. So there are five areas here and notes to consider. Reach is a key factor, especially if you're a short one. <laughs> Anything that you use regularly should be kept between waist and eye level. This applies as much to books and files as it does to kitchen provisions and cooking equipment. Oh my god. Nothing worse to cooking and trying to reach something quickly, but you need a chair or worse, a ladder. Oh, there's nobody higher than you at that moment of time high level storage access by a ladder or stool should be devoted to lighter less bulky items that are required infrequently following my first point why a safety b you don't need them quickly then we move to heavy items Heavy items can cause back strain when you are retrieving them. They should be stored at waist level or just below. Bear in mind that bending down takes up more space than reaching up. Similarly, if space is tight, consider replacing cupboard or unit doors that open outwards with those that slide across. Do not overfill containers to the point where you cannot shift them without assistance. This is particularly relevant for items that you keep in deep storage. A number of modular labeled containers that can be stacked neatly is better than a single heavy trunk that you also cannot move without the help of somebody. <laughs> and uh, I hope you agree with me on this one as well. So, yeah, guys, I hope you have enjoyed this and tune in for the next session where we'll talk about storage 
by area so basic consideration shelving and shelving will be probably mixed with hanging storage and things like that and the different types of storage units racks rails etc um, please like subscribe share and also you can follow me on www.dea.com thanks and have a good day